Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden Artist Colors makes the best acrylics, Williamsburg oils, and core watercolors. And you can find them in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Fulcrum makes amazing coffee. And you can head over to their website at fulcrumcoffee.com and check out their subscriptions. They have an amazing variety that you could choose from and have coffee delivered to your house every month. Everything from light growth subscription to espresso to all brands, single origin. They even have a sunset subscription, a jazz alley night subscription. It's a really cool curated coffee experience that can be delivered to your door. And you can get a discount by adding the code Alfred Studio whenever you check out from the website. Fulcrum Coffee Roasters from Seattle. Check them out. Lynn Flemings is an Australian artist currently based in Canberra. She has a BA from the Australian National University, a postgrad Bachelor's of Teaching from Western Sydney University, and a Master of Philosophy from ANU. She's exhibited her work widely through her involvement in residencies, solo and group exhibitions at both regional and commercial galleries in Australia and abroad. Her work is held in public and private collections in Australia and internationally, including the Australian National Gallery, the Goulburn Regional Art Gallery, the Ballinglen Art Foundation in Ireland, amongst many others. Lynn has been awarded numerous art residencies in Australia and Europe, including at the Cradle Mountain Wilderness Gallery in Tasmania, the Ballinglen Art Foundation in Ireland, and Serlachius Museum in Finland. Lynn's first U.S.-based solo show is at Sync Contemporary in Seattle from the 15th of April to the 15th of May in 2023. I spoke with Lynn about moving around as a young person in Australia, her connection to the land, painting, music, and much more. Here's our conversation. Yeah, so what's the future like? What's it like on, on Sunday? <laughs> Um, oh, well, it's a nice day today. Um, it's sunny and it's crisp. I'm in there Canberra, so it's um, the capital, and um, and it's I'm inland, so and surrounded by mountains. So it's um, it's a very lovely um, city. How long have you been there? I've just been here three years. But I only moved from. Goulburn, which is an hour away, so it wasn't a huge trek. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so I moved, I think I sort of moved during the pandemic, really, um, but I had been travelling around um, on an art residency. I'd been down in Tasmania uh, on an art residency, and then I was in the Blue Mountains uh, doing a house sit for a friend who's an artist, so I was using her studio and then she'd gone to Tasmania and I was minding her cats and then COVID happened and I had to, you know, we had to sort of shimmy across because everyone sort of had to come home. And right. um, so anyway, ultimately ended up in Canberra. So 
I sort of decided to stay here. And that's kind of like if um, my geography is not great, but isn't it sort of like right in between Melbourne and Sydney? Uh, yes, it's pretty, it's closer to Sydney. It's about three hours from Sydney and it's about, I don't know, five or six hours from Melbourne. Okay. Yeah, but you so go inland, like, yeah. yeah, inland to um, to Canberra. So it's about two hours uh, to the coast from here. Uh, so it's not too far inland, but it's um, it's surrounded by farmland. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then did you grow, where did you grow up? What part? Um, well, I started growing up in Narrabri, which is in the central west northwest of New South Wales. It's a um, it's an agricultural region. My father was an agronomist. So we spent, uh, our, our, you know, when we were growing up, we spent our time in, a, you know, about four or five different country towns. And Dad was the agronomist for that town and their surrounding farms. But yes, we, we were, um, we started out at Narrabri and he was the agronomist there and we lived on uh, like a you know, research centre, like a station for cotton growing. Um, so, yeah, we were there. And then I think when I started school, we then, we then moved into Goulburn, which was his next station, you know, his next posting. Yeah. But it sounds like you, you grew up and you continue to be, I mean, you're, you were around the land, so to speak. Yeah. Like you had a certain relationship to it. Because some people grow up outside of cities, but they're not necessarily, it sounds like through the family, you had a real connection to the land. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, we used to go with Dad. During school holidays, we'd go out onto farms and we'd run around and play while he was talking to the farmers and giving them advice about, you know, what crops to plant and, um, yeah, just talking to them about farm stuff and we had a, a great time yes a real affinity for the land and, and you know because he was um talking about the land and on the land and we sort of pick up things about soil <laughs> and um you know land use practices and you become a really you know attuned to the environment and and how we use the land as well so yeah that right. sort of stayed with me definitely yeah yeah and uh, did you have brothers and sisters? I've got three brothers and no sisters. Whoa. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> but Some they're all great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How was that growing up? Yeah, they're all grown up. Yeah, yeah. I've got one older brother and then two younger brothers. Yeah. Are they creative? What, I mean, was there... How did creativity enter the household? Uh, other than I imagine just, you know, imagination and being outdoors and, you know, mm. playing with nature in a way. But uh, I wonder how, you know, is creativity in the family? Is it something that, were you a lone wolf when it came to that? Um, yes, I think, um, well, mum and I used to go out painting and drawing like into the oh, countryside, okay. yeah. So we'd sit on the car or sit on the fence post or sit in the paddock and do some drawing and painting. Um, that was when I was in primary school. Um, and before that, you know, like we, we were all very active and outdoorsy. And my brother and I, my older brother and I used to do a lot of stuff together. But when my 
second brother came along, they were more, well, they liked to do boy stuff, you know, and, and, right. and rough and tumble. And they did rough and tumble me a fair bit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, footy and all that sort of sporting stuff came into it. So I was sort of left to my own devices and I sort of created this, um, you know, I used to make mud pies and <laughs> this is going back when I was really quite young. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I've always liked that tactile, um, uh, you know, playing with things and creating things, yeah. Yeah, but mum liked to paint. Yeah, mum mum liked to paint. Uh, she's She still paints a little bit, um, mainly in watercolours now, uh, but she's also a poet. So she's sort of, um, she's moved across to poetry now because it's an easy thing for her to, to carry around with her and she's... Um, yeah, she often she does poetry readings and stuff like that, so she really enjoys that. Did you um, did you write any poetry when you were young? Were you into it? Uh, not really. I, I, a little bit, but not. I'm, I'm not definitely not a poet. I'm more of a painter, definitely. Yeah, and right. I, you know, painting is poetry in a sense to me, anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, visual poetry. What uh, was there? Was music a big thing in the house? Sorry. Was music a big thing in the house? Like, was it something you, you know, would, did your parents listen to a lot of music growing up? Um, well, yeah, mum was really into country country and western. So there was, I uh, can't remember the, the Rocky Mountain High, you know, Country Road, <laughs> all that oh, sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The staples. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, my brother was... It'd really be on the Beatles, so that yeah, there was some music in the house a lot because there was either mum or, or my brother who sort of was in charge of the music, and um, yeah, so growing up on the Beatles and American country music, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's 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 funny because country music does seem so like American. It seems mm. like such an American thing, although. There's lots of country that comes out, especially recently, out of Australia. So it clearly yes. must have made a mark. Yes, yes. Well, it's now. Uh, yeah, I have never really been a great fan of country music, uh, but I now it's sort of morphed into this mix of um, folk, country, um, jazz, rock sort of thing. Yeah, and that's um, and it's great. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. Yeah, it's it. Um, there's a lot of like nouveau psych rock that comes out of um, Australia too. So, I mean, some pretty big bands, which is is it's pretty cool. It feels like there's a strong, vibrant music scene, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the um, the national folk festivals on this weekend in Canberra. Uh, so we've during COVID last year I went and there was no international acts because of the COVID, but this year it's opened up right. again. So we've got a lot of international acts, and it's uh, it's a huge thing, it's a huge, huge, fantastic thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting now that we're there's some sort of semblance to <laughs> normalcy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's you know right. what I mean. So, yeah. yeah, it feels good to be able to travel and go places. So totally, yeah. But um, it uh, and speaking of which, when you were younger, because you were out on the land, I mean, did you travel a lot, or were you? It sounds like you were a little nomadic. Or maybe that's later where you were moving around a bunch. But um, what was travel like for you growing up? I'm just, I'm trying to paint a picture, no pun intended, of like, you know, what is in your visual lexicon growing up to where 
to what informs what you're doing today you know okay yeah um well we sort of grew up in dry country to the Narrabri was very dry and we we had tank water so I was really aware and we were brought up being really conscious of how much water we used and you know how to be careful with things and um and then you know moving to Goulburn which is another dry city uh and we did run out of water there for a while so um yeah it's always been going out you know with my father as I said before and we did move quite around quite a lot with his job and and then we ended up in um Sydney that was his last posting before he retired so I actually was only in Sydney for um the end of my schooling and then I went back to I went to Wagga Wagga because I preferred being in the country or in a I mean Canberra I was gonna say that's yeah yeah big adjustment Sydney compared yeah, to yeah, when yeah. I'm picturing you know your youth the surroundings is probably a lot different than the city yeah yeah I mean city is a be- Sydney is a beautiful city and if you're on the harbour <laughs> it'd be great but um, yeah. yeah and I mean Canberra is like a big country town because it's you know we call it the bush capital because it's got lots of great mountains to climb and lots of bush and parks and a nice big lake and all that sort of stuff yeah. So, yeah, so basically moving around the countryside a lot. My grandmother, one of my grandmothers lived at Robertson, which is in the southern highlands. Um, so that was school holiday t- daytime spent there with her. Um, yeah, so it was mainly, you know, travel around and going for holidays with Dad and camping, lots of camping. And then as I became, you know, when I got older and I left home, um, you know, I'd still go camping, go on art camps with friends who were also painters and we'd go off for a week or so painting at um, various spots around the place and I still continue that now you know going on art camps with friends or uh, organized um, art camps with other people even on my own I go out yeah so it's pretty amazing it feels like um, you know it's just always been there for you like it's just something that you've, you know, from when you were little, that experience with mom up until, you know, present day, it was, it was it that consistent along the way. Like when you were in high school, you know, was, were you, was art class the thing you loved or, or did you sort of veer away from it for a while and then come back to it? Well, when I was at school, I, yeah, I did art and, um, I didn't really, I didn't really, I, I don't know whether, I, I don't think my, I don't remember an art teacher being a particularly influential on my yeah. art practice at all when I was at school. I did take it and then when I left school, um, I think, you know, I wanted to go on and study art at university and I, mum and dad were pretty keen on me to, you know, do something that was going to lead to a job. So I ended up taking their advice and, um, and then I, so I entered the workforce in a non-art area. And then as, um, as a mature uh, student, I suppose, so 26, I went back to art school then and, um, and that's, 
when I started at TAFE, which is like a like a tertiary system, a yeah. precursor to university level. Yeah, and I I noticed that um, it seems as though all your secondary schooling wasn't in art. <laughs> Didn't you get a an advanced degree in philosophy, if I'm not mistaken? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did a well. I did a an undergrad in you know, bachelor of um, bachelor of art, visual. And then I had a, a like five years where I was working, a teaching art. Um, after I did a bachelor of education, <laughs> and and then I uh, went back and I did a, a, a an MPhil, a Master of Philosophy, which is like a a, a research led um, qualification. So I concentrated on Lake George, which is a um, a large expanse of water just outside Canberra. It's a very shallow lake. Um, the uh, indigenous name for it is Weriwa, and so I did a, I did a, I spent a lot of time walking out there and drawing, and that that formed the basis of my research for the M film. So it was really in visual art, but it was a research led practice. Then yeah. the, the artwork came out of yeah. Right. Um, so, and all the while in school, I mean, it, it seems as though, um, you know, making art, well, I don't know how you were feeling about it as far as like, you know, a career or whatever, but it seems like something that just, you know, was a constant that you were going to do regardless. But maybe yeah. I'm imagining that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, a well, lot of times people are challenged in school, like, oh, is this going to work? You know, mm. the idea of, of committing to it as a career is sometimes daunting when you're younger because you just don't know, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's not a, an assured path, I guess. I mean, how was how did you feel about it, you know, after school, like through school and after school? Was it just something you were determined to do? Yes, well, everywhere I went, I always had paper and watercolours and pencils, you know, with me. Uh, you know, travelling after school and stuff like that. And while I was at school, um, like the art world wasn't like the art world is now when I was young, because I'm, you know, older. <laughs> and there wasn't that much in the way of career around art, unless you were going to be a painter. And anyone's parent... <laughs> probably concerned that your child wanted to be a painter because they were worried about them, you know, doing that because there's nothing in it. And unless you become a teacher, which wasn't really in my thinking at that point in time, I just wanted to do art. Um, So, yeah, I I sort of wasn't encouraged to go down that line. But now when you look at the art world now, there's so many jobs associated with it, you know, curating, gallery managing, you know, yeah. and, you know all all that sort of stuff, and and and, and painting as well, teaching. Um, yeah, so I, I did tend to go down a different avenue for a while, and then um, I had a very serious car accident when I was twenty six um, oh. in Kakadu National Park when I was travelling around with a friend. Um, you know, doing the trip around Australia um, and painting. Yeah. I was drawing as I was going, and so that sort of stopped me in my tracks and I was um, I was um, sort of incapacitated for quite a long time oh, and after that yeah I sort of decided I was just going to do art and I, 
that was what I was going to do. That was my decision. Sort of made it then because it was a sort of life changing thing. I was going to say, did you have that um, first day of the rest of your life? Kind of like, oh well, life is fleeting. You often hear people have like those experiences where they're like, I'm just going to do what I want to do now. Like, there's a, a new lease on life. I just follow what I really want to do because this is short. That kind yeah. of like epiphany. Was it kind of like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because um, before I went on that trip, I'd actually thought, okay, look, I, I think I'm going to go to university now, you know, as a mature age student. And I was actually going to study psychology and be, be a psychologist. Um, and I was also still tossing up about the art thing. But when I had the car accident, and after that, you know, when I was in recovery mode, I got the letter from, you know, Monash University saying I've been accepted into the psychology course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in, I was just not in a place to do it then because I was still recovering. Um, so I sort of thought I won't do that. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll just go and do some art at TAFE and, you know, that'll be, like, good to do. Um and it was, yeah, I just made that decision. Yeah, that's it. I'm just going to do art. There's, you know, n- nothing stopping me <laughs> from doing it, doing that. Yeah. yeah. I had a, 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 not a serious of a incident, but when I was playing soccer, I used to play, well, f- football, soccer, we call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you call it soccer in Australia, actually, don't you? We have soccer, yeah, and football and yeah. rugby and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Aussie rules. Yeah, Aussie rules, yes. Rugby union, rugby league. Yeah. So I was in a tournament when I was a young kid in Minnesota and we were playing and we were driving to one of the... I was in a a teammate's convertible and uh, I was in the back seat and we were driving and we got hit by a Haagen-Dazs truck and we almost flipped. Like we caught air, but we didn't flip over. Yeah, yeah. Still to this day, I won't eat a Haagen-Dazs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. that ice cream it had a traumatic you know it, was, it but it did I mean I was I think I was too young to have an epiphany yeah. that life is short follow your dreams sort of thing but it was definitely and that that wasn't even that serious I just had a little whiplash but you know it really kind of wakes you up to the yeah yeah it shocks you out of life yeah yeah, yeah it sort of shocks you out Shock, I think it shocks you out from yourself and it gives you a different perspective so what were you like in school what were you painting like what did you like to what was your art like that's a long time ago but I do <laughs> <laughs> statute of limitations on that is, is uh, yeah <laughs> oh well I used to I used to go out as a you know out and paint with watercolour and pen ink um, down in the local park um at school, we'd have, we well, we had projects to do, and I used to paint people. And I think I'm in that. I think we were using acrylics at that point. I don't think we used oils at school. I don't think that would have been in. Whether acrylics were around then, I don't know. <laughs> they probably would have been. It was not that I long ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was. That. <laughs> I don't think we're in the egg tempera era, so you're probably you were probably able to use acrylics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't really remember that much. I, I just recall I liked using watercolour and ink uh, pen and and I I did some paintings of people as well um, while at school and clay, working in clay. 
Were yeah. you painting from life or was it sort of from memory or invented or? Um, I think we probably uh, looked at other artists' work, you know, yeah, and and did that sort of thing. I don't think we would have had a life model. Um, well, they could have been clothes, I guess, but I don't recall. We might have done a little bit of that, but not much. It was more at TAFE and university when I when we started doing more of that. Right. So. Um were you always drawn to the landscape as far as, you know, because it feels like your work, and I mean, you've you got to inform me on this, I might be wrong, but it seems like it's heavily influenced by your experience with nature and with the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I do, well, um, I need to go out into the landscape and see, and find somewhere that I think I resonate it resonates with me and that's yeah. often near a river um, or a dam or on a farm because I have that farming background with the, my father as an agronomist and our trips out to farms quite often I could sort of really interested in that environment and the, and the early his, you know history of farming through the trees that were used you know we used, a lot of European trees are on farms um, but um, yeah, in the middle of the bush, you've got all these European trees. I sort of find that interesting. So, yeah, I do like going out, um, either on an art camps or just out and about and, and drawing. And sometimes I'll be walking and, and I think, oh, that's great, I should come back here. You know, that sort of thing, that something draws me to that area. It might be the shapes and the negative spaces or the something about it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it feels like there's a lot of, um, you know, in, invention in the work. Is that something that's, you know, intuitive or has it been, is it born out of a long process of basically, you know, your intuition with the landscape and, and play with it? I mean, how much of it is, you know, I'm, I'm just curious as to how you're approaching these because when I look at your landscapes, it's, or your paintings, it feels like there's a whimsy to it. You know, there's a movement and a play and it feels, I don't know, it feels like positive, like in a playful way. Mm, mm, mm. I think when you learn how to paint, you know, and you learn how to paint what you see and you understand the elements of art and the language of art, then you can start to play. And I th and yeah. you have a confidence in, in, in that because you feel like you have that, you, you've got the underpinning knowledge of you know all the, all you know aspects of the art language. So when I do go out, I I guess I do have a like a I have a playful approach or a, or a you know like a when I go out I generally draw and then I take my drawings back to the studio and then and I'll have some watercolors as well and maybe I might have taken some photographs just for. Um, sort of not to copy from or anything like that it's maybe as a reference um and i guess they're using the memory and and um the idea of height and color and a bit of i'm sort of interested in the complementary colors and um and how they can sort of uh heighten your your sense your senses 
and going out and being in the landscape or being in an, a place, environment, where you're surrounded by uh, nature, um, you know, you sort of... It's not what just what you're looking at that you're seeing. You're feeling, you know, you're feeling the wind or, um, you know, you can, the heat, you can feel the heat or you can hear sounds, birds, whatever. There's a whole package there. So... Yeah. It's the experience of being there rather than just looking at something and painting it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. It's it's like trying to capture, you know, photograph captures the landscape fine. You know what I mean? But the painting can sort of give you those ephemeral layers that, you know, that other ways of representation can't, I think. Um, I'm curious too as to, I mean, I could take a stab at it, but I'm curious as to, you know, different artists that you might be influenced by, both older and current. Mm. Uh, well, the modernists, like, you know, I do like Matisse and Bonnard and those mm. sort of artists. And because they did, you know, they, they used those heightened colours, you know, it was a, they were colourists. Um, right. Yeah, and particularly their landscapes, and in in particular, um, I love David Hockney's uh, landscapes and his drawings, sure. his line drawings. Yeah, yeah, I really and his watercolors are just beautiful uh, of the land, the landscape. Um, the Australian artists, um, there's an Australian artist called Idris Murphy. I don't know whether you've heard of him. He's very, um, very highly regarded here by landscape painters and, and the wider yeah. art community. He's a fabulous painter. Um, and then we, the um, Aboriginal painters, they do landscape um, or place paintings, amazing paintings as well. So we, yeah. Yeah, the mark making in those, I could totally see, you know, it's kind of, those are mesmerizing. The, the, the sort of like the physical way those are made is really something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not beautiful. like it, it. It's very. I mean, you could draw parallels to some some artists in history, but it really is its own kind of language in a way. The uh, Aboriginal artists' work, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's got a you know. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's got an amazing history and it's uh it's they're like maps in many ways you know not all of them but right. I, I you know so you know they've, they've been used in um you know for land rights um you know claims and yeah. you know a whole lot of stuff and they're they're beautiful works absolutely gorgeous so Ginger Riley is, is an artist that I love and. Um, Sally Gabori, she's a uh, contemporary, or I think, I'm not sure whether she's still alive actually, but she does these amazing, like they're, they're almost like abstract expressionists, but, you know, they've got, yeah, they're amazing, beautiful works. And then you have the more dotted works like, um, uh, you know, other artists like Yuna Pingu. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of fabulous... First Nations whole, artists here, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's a whole other world of of work that I, you know, I mean, I've dipped my toes into Aboriginal art and have seen, it's, it's almost like music in a way. I mean, I love music from all over the world. And like if you take like, you know, like 
Ghanaian music, like High Life or something like that. It's a, it, I love it, and I'll hear, I'll listen to a couple records that are like the hits of, you know, or the compilations that people in the West usually put together. But it's such a small sample size of this entire genre of music by, you know, countries in Africa. And it's hard to, to you know, unless you become just like, you know, deep dive expert in one specific category, it's hard to go super deep. But uh, it's it's amazing how much is out there, you know. And, and now, more than ever, it's so much more accessible to find out about these artists or see this work or hear this music. It's kind of, you know it's uh it's it there's just like an an amazing amount to pull from out there yes 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 it's um yeah well yeah i mean yeah it's amazing yeah i feel like (laughs) it's very descriptive that was wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) yes that is true um no but i think sometimes too because i'm a i'm a teacher you know i think of younger people today I don't know, there's this idea that, you know, there's everything's been done, it's hard to be original, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, but there's so many options now because there's not the canon. It's not like you have to make one kind of work. And But I think what would probably be so daunting, there's so many choices. There's so much to pull from. You know, influence isn't linear anymore. It's like all at once, you know, mm. everything. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interneted, you know. Yes, you can, it, would be, it would be art. Like, I did, when I went to art school, it just, it seemed much more narrow. You know, like there right. was, you always felt like there was something you were supposed to be achieving, but you never really felt like you got there. Um, <laughs> but now when I look at Instagram, because Instagram wasn't around when I was, you know, like a young artist. And it was right. very hard to to know what was going on, really. You know, outside the the major canon. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, but now yes, you can see so many artists, and so there's so much variety. It's so fantastic seeing all the different methods people use to express themselves and um, to highlight issues or, or whatever. I mean, it's really broad, really broad. It's great. Yeah. It, it's amazing and, and sometimes seemingly daunting. Be daunting being, yeah, if you're on your way trying to find, you know, your own language, I guess. Yeah, or just, you know, it's kind of like this idea. I, I think music's a great parallel of, like, there used to be a certain amount of record labels and you had to try to sign with them and that's how you got your music out there. Now anyone can put their music online, which is great because you people can hear it. But there's so much out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. competition, it's like, how do you get heard when there's yeah, so yeah. much noise? Yeah, yeah. Know? So I think it's, you know, it's all evens out, right? Yeah, some well, there is. Some better there's, and easier, and some get more difficult and more complex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely more complex and more. I look, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't, I think you really need to have another job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's think you can really see. set out, you know, unless you really can see your path really clear from a young age and you've got all the, all, you know, everything behind you and, you know, you, you've got to have a, you know, a teaching job or something else so that you can explore what you want to explore and, and um, yeah, without feeling like you have to do a certain thing or, or whatever. Yeah. It must be. That's the thing. I think there's more resources out there now, 
and there's more galleries there's more money being bought there's there's more everything but then there's more competition and it's more challenging and schools are expensive and rent is expensive and mm. but you have instagram like you have ways to share your work with like free basically but then how do you stand out yeah i think it all ends up evening out no matter what i mean mm. maybe it's just my philosophy you know it all evens out Yeah, or their their work gets out there, but no one sees it because there's just so much to see. So much to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you've got social platforms like Instagram, they keep changing things. So, you know, you 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 don't see, you sort of don't see the people you want to see. You just see a whole lot of advertisements these days. Right, right. It's all sort of curated whether you like it or not. Um, So... What's a, um, getting into the process of your work, like what's just a standard day for you when you're working in the studio? Is the source material, like, are you constantly going out there to sort of like get that inspiration or do you go, uh, you know, weeks or months and then you like bring that stuff back mentally into the studio? How is your, what's your working process like? Uh, yeah, well, I usually go out for a period of time so last year I spent time going to uh, a farm at Nimitabel, which is about two hours drive from here in the high country, mm-hmm. on the way to the Snowies, um, the Kosciuszko. Um, and it's a beautiful farm in a hidden valley. So, and it had a lovely bush on it as well. It was like a, a wildlife reserve, but it had an old farming history from the trees that were planted, that, you know, the big old pines and things like that, and the old farmhouse. So I, used, I went there a few times and did a lot of drawing and some painting. So then I brought that information back to the studio, a whole lot of drawings, and, um, and then I worked from that, um, making paintings from the drawings. And, right. Yeah. And then um, when I feel that that's exhausted itself or, you know, something else comes up, then I'll, I'll move on to that. So last year I also went to Ranald, which is out back, New South Wales, and they're on the Murrumbidgee River there and it was in flood. We had, we had really bad fires here in Australia and then we had really bad floods. And the river there was flooded, which wasn't a big drama really because it's it's um, it's not a built up area and the, and the houses were safe and everything. But it, it did come up quite a lot, and there was the trees were in the the river red gums were in the water, and um, it was just so gorgeous that um, I ended up spending more time there and I painted there for a while. I've got a camper van and I um, go off at that as well. <laughs> so I stayed there for a while and got some information and then I brought that back to the studio. So that's what I'm starting to work on now. So now I've got the time to have a look at that. And I am heading back down to the um, New South Wales Victorian border soon to work on the, the Murray River there um, to get some more information for that series that I'm working on for a show that I've got at the end of the year here. Right, so those can those trips can end up turning into a whole body of work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes I go back, you know, I might um, 
I think oh, I need some more information or whatever, and I'll go back and spend a bit more time there. Yeah. And do you ever, like, let's say you have that group of core drawings that are the inspiration for the paintings that come from that. Is there a lot of invention out from those, or is it pretty holding tight to what you've sketched? Mm, well, I've been, lately I've been um, inserting things into my drawings to use for my paintings. So, I mean, sometimes my drawings are very quick. Sometimes they're just a few lines. And, and from that, if I think, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I might do a lot of drawings, but there may only be a few that I can see paintings from. And sometimes it's really strong. It's not, it's not like, oh, I can see a painting. It's like, oh, there's something more in that. I, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going to come out, but I think there's something more in that. And I want to explore that further. And sometimes it's a more detailed drawing, um, just using pencil, and then some watercolour, and you know, some other watercolours, and then so I sort of combine them together into the painting. So there is a lot of um, invention because they're usually just line drawings in pencil. Yeah, and um, do you, like you said, you have a show coming up. Um, are you? When you're making the work, are you conscious of that space, or are you just kind of making the work and you make it fit to the space that I'm, that the work is in? Yeah. Do you mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do that a bit. I do. I, I actually really don't like making work to an exhibition program, just because I want to have free headspace <laughs> right. to do that in. Um, so I don't usually work in this way with an exhibition plan. I usually do it all afterwards, sort of. Um, but yes, I I am so that for for now till um, you know later in the year I'll be working on that idea of um, you know bodies of water and you know trees and flood and that sort of thing and I'm introducing some um, birds and people and animals and stuff like that so I'm just going I'm I'm sort of still being playful and. They may not be in the show, but, you know, I'm doing this in amongst other things. I don't want to feel like I'm working towards the show. I want to feel like I'm making work and I'm going to show it, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is, a, there's a difference there, so I don't want to be making work for a show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you've showed, uh, I mean, according, to when I looked at your CV, you've shown a lot in Australia. Have you gotten to show a lot outside of Australia? Um, yeah, I think... And, um, and do you want to more? <laughs> I do. I want to do more overseas. Oh, well, I've got a show with, with Zinc Contemporary in Seattle, which is coming up in, well, this month now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that. Um, and Will you travel for it? I'm not travelling this time through it, but next time it'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go to Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And other, I have other um, residencies. I did a residency in Ireland at Ballin Glen Art Foundation. Nice. Um, they've got a lot to do with America. I mean, I think it was set up by Americans, um, mm-hmm. and um, it's in the town called Ballycast Castle in County Mayo. And then I did a residency in a couple of residencies in Finland. Um, and one in Crete and Italy and France and so yeah I've, I've, I like residencies definitely <laughs> they're a great yeah, way yeah they're a great way to 
yeah, fantastic way to be, you know, a part of the place you go to and meeting other artists that live there and looking at the, you know, playing around with the landscape ideas and, yeah. But it was the interesting thing about yeah. doing those is that when I, I realised that, you know, I really want to paint the Australian landscape because that's my right. country, you know. So, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that pressure. But I imagine like just seeing those other landscapes informs your like it changes you know, it, it, it kind of informs your your visual Rolodex on landscape and just surroundings. Mm. You know? Yeah, 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 definitely great way because I mean again it's one of those things that changes your perspective of where you are based in the right. world. Seeing it from a different angle and yeah, and all those beautiful places. You know, there's so many beautiful places in the world that I've never seen, probably never will. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it, I mean, my personally, my work is so heavily influenced by where I go and traveling, and the it's very. I think it probably looks very American, but it's very much about sort of like our global environment and the world at large. So. Um, traveling always gives me a little juice in the studio. Oh, you definitely got to have that, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I couldn't be a 100% studio artist, studio painter. Yeah. I, used, I used to just do plein air. That's all I used to do. And then I, I, um, when I moved to Canberra, I got a studio in a complex with other artists. Um, but I've got mm-hmm. my own, like, studio space. And, um, yeah, so I sort of wanted to work out a way of... Um, you know, translating what I do when I'm out into something else in the studio. So studio, studio work, having a studio practice is great. Well, um, so yeah, people could check out your website, Instagram, your show coming up in Seattle. And, um, and thanks so much for talking to me today. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. You can support this podcast by doing one of a couple things. One is leaving a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps spread the word to other people. The other is to get the podcast book, Why I Make Art, which has a bunch of features of artists in it and quotes and images of artists' work and even some sketches that they've done in the Sound and Vision sketchbook. The other way you can support the podcast is by telling a friend, doing a post, sharing the word. It really helps get the word out about the podcast to people who are interested in artists' stories. Many thanks to Lynn for the conversation, for Golden Artist Colors for the amazing paint, and Fulcrum Coffee Roasters for keeping me awake. Let's be honest, sometimes it's a lot. So, a couple things. We have some great guests coming up. If there is anyone that you would love to hear on this podcast, feel free to shoot an email to the podcast. I guess I haven't really said that much on this podcast that you can email anything you want, any response, questions, concerns to sound and vision cast at gmail.com that's sound and vision cast all one word and spelled out 
soundandvisioncast at gmail.com and uh, send, you know, if you really want to hear someone or if you have a friend that you think is great and you want to get them on the podcast, shoot me an email. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast and thanks so much for your support.